one of my bosses had a, like a year or two before gotten into leatherworking and uh, we spent a lot of train rides together going back and forth to DC for work. And I just kind of would pick his ear. And the more and more I talked to him, you were picking his ear. Oh, yeah. that's so gross. Literally picking his ear. It was super weird. <laughs> I want to be my current self from this point forward. I want to learn how to play piano, working with human beings, drinking wine in the middle of the day. I want to be a I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just kind of work with kids, getting them ahead in life. I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? This is Blake Fletcher, the Half Hour Intern. In today's episode, I interview beautiful, wonderful human being, Mike Steinberger, about the hobby of leatherworking. So if you're like me and you have not considered arts and crafts since you were a little kid, I would highly recommend listening to today's episode. Mike just picked up leatherworking about a year, year and a half ago, and he already has a lot of beautiful pieces under his belt, um, including a belt for that matter. And uh, he goes over just how kind of easy and fun it was to pick up leatherworking, but as well... He goes over just how relaxing and centering it can be to have a hobby that you do quietly with your hands, which I think is is really nice. In the episode, Mike will go over how he learned to leatherwork, um, what tools you need to get started, how much the cost would be to get started leatherworking, and any recommendations he has for somebody that would like to get started leatherworking, as well as just how long it takes uh, to get good at leatherworking and to be able to make um, some some pieces that, that you enjoy and that you actually will feel proud um, carrying around. So without further ado, here is leatherworking. Mike, thanks so much for joining me today, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. So I'm really excited to talk to you about leatherworking because um, a little bit similar to the bird watching episode that I did, but perhaps a little bit more hip than that. I feel like a a hobby like leatherworking is there's probably going to be a little bit of a resurgence of for our generation. I I think that we're pulled in so many directions constantly and there's just so much happening in your day-to-day life. So to have a hobby where you can sit and just focus and be quiet um, on your task is is probably a really nice productive thing. Is that one of the things that originally drew you to it? Um, I would definitely say, I mean, it's definitely has a lot to do with the whole like return to doing stuff with your hands kind of movement that is going on right now. Um, I basically, it more or less came out of just a need for something to do in my free time. Uh, You know, obviously I have kind of weird hours with work and there were like a lot of times where I would just find myself sitting around not doing anything. So I kind of wanted to look for something that would be relatively um, inexpensive and low impact for, um, you know, something I could just do in my house that would... uh, you know, take up some of my free time. Yeah. So what do you do for a living? You were mentioning you have weird hours at work. So, uh, I'm a display artist for urban outfitters, um, which kind of sounds like I would just be putting out clothes all day, but, uh, <laughs> I actually, it's kind of an interesting, uh, job. So I do a lot of carpentry, obviously, uh, building all the fixtures and everything. And, uh, but it's kind of nice too, too, cause it gives me the opportunity to like, do a lot of more artsy things like, you know, a lot of painting, a lot of stuff with fabrics, um, 
just kind of hit a lot of mediums. But basically, it's like a normal, you know, Monday through Friday, six to three. So um, I would find myself with a lot of, uh, you know, um, evenings with nothing to do. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, with your day job, you have to work with your hands and put together these, these displays for Urban Outfitters. Is that, I assume, what kind of parlayed into you having a hobby that, that you know, is in a similar vein? Yeah, totally. I mean, the the two are much more similar. Obviously, my interests lie uh, more in, like, the woodworking aspect of my job. And uh, the similarities between the two are are kind of surprising you know one you're just working with small little pieces of leather but the other one you know i'm working with huge sheets of plywood but the whole process is kind of the same so i feel like the way my brain works it was like an easy hobby to take up in my free time yeah now did you have like a sensei was there somebody that (laughs) was leather working that you that was able to kind of show you the ropes or you just kind of showed yourself the ropes because you knew how to work with wood you knew how to work with cloth you just kind of worked that into leather um it's a little bit of both like uh you know i obviously had some sort of um you know just inherent uh aptitude in that um but i definitely um one of my bosses had a, like a year or two before gotten into leatherworking and uh, we spent a lot of train rides together going back and forth to DC for work. And I just kind of would pick his ear. And the more and more I talked to him, you were picking his ear. Oh, what? that's so gross. Literally picking his ear. It was super weird. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, the more and more I talked to him about it, the more I realized that it was totally something I could do. Um, and you know, just got, uh, he, I mean, he's the one who told me what tools to buy and, uh, gave me like a lot of pointers as far as getting started. So, so give those pointers right now. So step one, what tools do you need to buy? All right. So you can really make, so I think that the easiest way to start is making something small and like an object you see kind of every day. So I started making like wallets and stuff. Um, and to make that, there's basically only a few tools you need. Uh, you need like some sort of utility knife. Um, I prefer one w- that has like a removable blade because the initial cost is really low, and then you don't have to worry about sharpening it or anything like that. What is uh, the? I'm sorry. What is a utility knife? Is that like an exacto knife? So or is that like it's a- more like uh, you know closer to a box cutter, basically. Right. Uh, um, and usually they have just like a removable blade. And you can get, like, a pack of the blades for, like, 10 bucks, like, for a 100-pack or something. So, you know, you can do a couple cuts in the leather with it and just toss the blade as soon as it gets dull. Um, and, you know, you can use it to open your boxes every time you move. And yeah. stuff. It's a multi-use tool. A win-win. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Um, and then probably the, there's one tool. I actually, the name escapes me, but... It's basically uh, you use it to just cut like little grooves along the edge of the leather, which um, you then use another tool, which is like a forked punch. Basically, it's a little punch that has, uh, I mean, it looks like a fork. There's no other way to say it. Uh, It has like anywhere from two to five or six holes. And you just kind of like run that along your channel and just pound out all your holes. And that's how you do your hand stitching, which, um, I guess 
a thing that I should mention is, you know, I, I do all my stitching by hand just because like you were talking, it's, it's kind of the more therapeutic aspect of it. Um, and it produces the other option would be using a sewing machine, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you're using thinner leathers and stuff, you can kind of use a sewing machine, but that kind of gets away from what I was kind of trying to achieve, uh, in getting into leatherworking, you know, I, I wanted something where I could just kind of like sit and, you know, like Zen out or whatever. For sure. So first of all, you get that aspect. I imagine doing it yourself, but second of all, it's, if you, if you have this wallet that you made yourself and, you know, one stitch moves off to the side a little bit and then it comes back center, I feel like those are kind of the more endearing qualities about it. The same way that if you're dating somebody and their nose is a little bit crooked to the left, it's like, yeah, like, that's my girlfriend with her nose a little bit crooked to the left. You know, it's like, this is my wallet that I made. That's why that stitch is a little bit off. Yeah, totally. And it's, I mean, it's, it's just so wild. Like, so now at this point I've made, I've only made a handful of pieces because it's, you know, it's something that I've thought like, Hey, you know, I could probably make money on the side doing or whatever, but I, I kind of feel like it means more to me when I uh, have like fewer pieces that I've made for a reason. So obviously like my first piece was just a wallet. I didn't, you know, I just made it to see if I could make it. And then, you know, my next piece was like, how long did that take your very first piece? The very first one, I would say probably three to four hours, but it was like a super simple wallet. It was like literally just like a, it had no fold to it. It was just like a single piece with just a bunch of pockets for like cards and one for money you know um, no fold so almost more like a like a passport holder or something like that yeah something like that uh you know i and the funny yeah i had one already that worked perfectly fine that i had bought from urban outfitters and uh i basically just like looked at it and was like you know all right i'll just make this exact same thing um you know just to kind of see if i could do it and uh I was pleasantly surprised at uh, how good it came out. I can't believe your very first one only took you three or four hours. Well, it's, I I think a lot of it has to do with my background and and work and everything. Like you, you know, you think of it methodically, you know, you're like, okay, I need to make X, Y, and Z pieces. Uh, You figure out the size, you just cut them and you just, you just basically go step by step. And obviously, you know, as I went along, it became, more and more refined, but, um, you know, back to what I was saying, I, I, uh, I kind of liked it. It's just been, I've only made like specific pieces for very certain people. I, you know, I haven't done it really to make money or anything and it's just cool. Like, so I started out making wallets and now the most recent thing I made was like a purse for my girlfriend, which I was like blown away at how good it came out. It, It was, um, it was, really nerve wracking because it was the first actual large piece I did. So it was like a very large amount of leather. So I knew if I blew it, it would have been like, you know, it would, it was a much bigger uh, risk for that project, but you mean a bigger expense or what? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, but now it's crazy. So anytime we're just like kind of sitting next to each other with, you know, and it's like a lull, I'll just be like looking at it and I, I'm, you know, just like, looking babe, where'd you get that purse? Where'd you get that purse? <laughs> totally. And they're like, I'll be looking at the stitching. And I'm like, man, it's crazy. Like, that stitching is nearly perfect. And, uh, you know, back to what I was saying, like, if I were to use a sewing machine, like, it's like, yeah, the stitching is pretty consistent, but it's because a machine did it. Like, 
it's just so awesome to be able to look at something and be like, man, that actually looks good. And like, I just took the time to do that, you know? Yeah, for sure. And now she can like never break up with you. It's like you, hello, I gave you the purse. Um, Yeah. Uh, It's literally made out of a dead cow. (laughs) Like they gave it skin for our love (laughs) in our relationship. (laughs) You cannot disrespect that cow by breaking up with me. So, all right. Uh, So let's talk about the cost piece. So uh, I imagine if you're making one wallet for yourself, first of all, can you even buy only that amount of leather or you kind of need to already have a plan? Like, all right, I'm going to make a wallet for me, my dad, my brother, my uncle, and you know, my other friend. So there's this website. It's probably the single best resource for leatherworking. Um, It's, I wish I knew the exact URL, but it's Tandy Leather. It so might just... we'll put a link to this on the show notes page, yeah. along with all the different tools that you can get on Amazon and stuff like that if someone's interested. But totally. Uh... Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's Tandy Leather. They actually have like brick and mortar stores, but those are really few and far between. Um, but basically, a- absolutely anything you wanted to do with leatherworking, you can get there. Um, I mean, anything from like, just a plain, you know, bag of scrap leather all the way up to like, you know, hair on hide, which is just literally like a cow's skin with the hair still on it, which, you know, is pretty wild. And then they have like stingray pelts and everything, which will be like electric blue, what? like leopard print and stuff like wild stuff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you can get from there bags of like just scrap leather, which, um, you know, for like 10 bucks, you can get a bag of just like a bunch of pieces. And that would be like, if you wanted to like bare bones, just like mess around with it, that would be the way to go. Or, you are know, they, you, are those, any of those scraps big enough to make a wallet or is you're going to yeah. have like a leather face wallet? That's just all these different <laughs> pieces like stapled I'm together. Getting, that's kind of rad too. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, if you bought like a bag or two, you definitely could get some, you know, enough pieces to make a wallet. It just all depends on how intricate you want to go. Like if you want to go like biker status, where you're using big, huge, like 12 inch by 10 inch pieces. Like you're not going to be able to do that, but you could make, like I said, like a single, uh, like card wallet, definitely out of the pieces you get out of that, you know, mm-hmm. but then, uh, yeah, I like guess. So what I'll do is I'll just go and buy a whole side of leather and, you know, when you're making stuff like wallets, what you do you get mean a whole side. It's literally like all of the skin from the side of a cow. Okay. And it's kind of creepy the first time you buy one because you can see like the shape of the cow. Like, you know, there's like a straight line across the top of where the spine was. And then it like kind of wraps around where the butt was. And And it's definitely like the first time, you know, when you're in the store, they're all like rolled up. So you don't really see, but when you get it home, you unroll it and you're like, wow, that literally was a cow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, uh, it's one of the, yeah, it's definitely the hardest part to get used to. Now, are there different grades of leather and what is the cost range between like, I guess how soft to how firm and stuff like that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so the stuff that I get for making my wallets and stuff is just like pretty lightweight, just veg tan is what they call it. They just tan it using like, I guess, vegetable oil or something to that effect. And then they just kind of like dry it. Uh, and then there's stuff stuff that's like really beautiful that kind of takes on a nice wear quality that like a lot of boots are made out of and stuff will be oil tanned. And that's kind of stuff where as 
as it creases and stuff, it'll start to take on like a lot of really cool characteristics. Um, and then that'll be a little bit more. And then again, like I said, there's like hair on stuff, which is like crazy expensive that you'd want to make like, you know, maybe like a pillow out of or a rug or something to that effect. And the, the price rate, so the stuff I'll buy will be like $50 for a hide. And, you know, for that, you could probably make like 10 to 20 wallets out of. So, wow. um, yeah, I mean, if you're actually doing it to try and make money, it's, you know, as long as you're willing to actually buckle down and do it, you, you, you can make some pretty decent money pretty quick. Man, that's crazy. I can't believe it's yeah. only 50 bucks for the whole side of a cow. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of sad, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, the, the other thing, you know, so the lighter uh, weights in weather or uh, in leather, basically what that means is that they've, they've stretched the skin thinner. And so that's, that's what the weight basically corresponds to the thickness of the leather. So the lighter the weight, the thinner the leather, the, the uh, less expensive it will be because it basically they've taken a smaller piece of leather and stretched it into a much bigger piece. That's so funny. I was going to figure it would be the other way around because I, I personally like really thin leather just because it's, it usually feels softer and more, I don't know, like flexible or something. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it all just depends what you're using it for too. Like, you know, for a wallet when you're using, I mean, there are spots. So when, when your wallet's folded in half, like mine is eight layers thick. If that leather was, you know, a quarter of an inch thick, which some leather can be, my wallet would wind up being three inches thick, which yeah, you have a is, Costanza. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but for a strap for a bag or something like that, where you're selling like a thousand dollar bag that you made for someone, you want a piece of leather that's a quarter of an inch thick because you want that strap to never, ever break, you know? Yeah. So it just all depends what you're using it for. Okay. So, do you have any friends by any chance that have picked this up since you started doing it? I do. Okay. So, cause I want to know if you can by any chance put yourself in the shoes and there, I mean, you've seen people do this, so that's good of somebody that doesn't maybe have the uh, carpentry background that you have, um, trying to pick up leather working. Are they also looking at three to four hours to make their first wallet? Or are they looking at three to four weeks at three to four days? <laughs> like, what are we talking here? I mean, it's definitely going to take a little bit longer, but I think more so than the time issue is going to be the just learning curve. So like my first wallet that I ever made, like I was proud to like carry it around and show it to people. And like even my first uh, woman's wallet, which obviously is much more complex, like, I mean, that thing came out to my standards, like total shit, but my girlfriend still carries around every day. Like, <laughs> shows it off like it's the knees. So, uh, you know, it's more of that kind of aspect, you know, like I think someone who has, you know, just like a Joe Schmo who has, you know, like a, I mean, no offense, but like a desk job or something, they're going to, you know, we'll take them, you know, roughly the same amount of time, but they're going to have to make many wallets before they actually make someone that, uh, or one that, you know, they're going to show off. Yeah. They're going to have a lot of Frankenstein wallets to give away before they <laughs> definitely. Okay. <laughs> okay. So do you feel that this hobby has, uh, changed you all, at, uh, changed you at all as a person? Do you, how you mentioned like kind of zenning out when you do this, do you feel like a little bit calmer of a person or anything? Um, 
I wish I could say yes. Uh, the I feel like the only way it's really impacted me is that now that I actually knows what I now that I know what <laughs> <laughs> now I talk like a gangster from the twenties. Talk like some weirdo. Uh, now that I know what it actually takes um, to make a piece, like when I'll go into one of these, you know, like smaller boutique stores that has like have a lot of. Um, leather goods and everything, uh, you know, it's kind of shocking to see, you know, you know, people who are, haven't really refined their craft that are still selling it for premium prices and, you know, more of that kind of, Oh, wow. So you can go in and pick out the defects in somebody else's stuff in, wow. And, and it's not even something that you necessarily tried to really perfect yourself. It's just, you already had these skills in these other areas that really parlayed well into leather working. Exactly. So, you know, I, it, I look at, I mean, maybe it's just my arrogance coming out, but I, I'll, <laughs> I'll look at something and think, wow, they're selling that for a hundred dollars. Like I can make that an hour or two and it would look exactly the same or whatever, you know? And so, you know, it, it definitely has just, uh, helped me to see the tr- truly talented craftsmen from just the makers and everything, which isn't to discount, the people who are doing that, um, it's, it's just given me a different lens through which I kind of view, uh, leather. Now people that do hear this and think that they want to try picking up leather working. Do you think that after leather, the same way that you were able to carry your skills into leather working and it made you pick up leather working a lot more quickly. If somebody has no artistic background, no carpentry background, they pick up leather working after listening to listening to this. Do you think that that would uh, really help them pick up, let's say, woodworking after that, or you know, picking up some something else. Um, that's that's a really good question. Uh, it definitely will help you to think more like a craftsman, uh, for sure. Uh, obviously, the the different skills needed to do leatherworking versus doing carpentry, especially when you take it to the point of like building like a furniture piece rather than more of like a DIY, like Pinterest project or something. Uh, the sk- you know, there's a, there's a huge learning curve there, but it definitely will help you to think more uh, methodically and more, uh, you know, uh, detail oriented. Yes. So what type of person do you think would do really well at this hobby? What type, like if people are listening to this right now, what type of person do you think should try it out? What type of person do you think listening to this should maybe steer clear and not try it out? (laughs) I think that the people who are going to be most successful off, off the bat are going to be people who have more of a tendency to like be a little OCD. They like to do everything like exactly the way, like in the correct order, exactly how it needs to be, you know, because even, even though nothing, that that's kind of the thing I've gotten like more and more callous about making things as I go along, because you start to realize that it doesn't actually take any skill. It only takes just following the steps necessary. Yeah. Just process. Yeah. Yeah. And the more and more you recognize that that's the true, uh, essence of like making the, you know, the more attainable it becomes, uh, you know, nothing like with making a wallet or making a purse, it's not like there's any like secret that someone told me, you know, like you just, you, you know, I just, I just looked at a canvas tote bag and 
was like, oh, like these are the pieces you need to make it. And then I just made a purse, you know, like you, you just have to, you know, see what all the pieces are, you know, see what it's going to take to make them and, you know, not cut any corners and just do all of those things. Now, when you first started out, are there YouTube videos? What sorts of resources are there for somebody starting out in terms of blueprints or, you know, how to even make a wallet, how to make a purse? Oh, I mean, I, YouTube was a huge, huge, huge resource for me. Um, unfortunately plans you can't really get unless you pay for them and I'm really cheap. So (laughs) again, most of the, most of the designs I came up with were just from like looking on Pinterest or something. And like, I would just search like leather wallet and just like look at picture after picture after picture until I like kind of compiled the, all the stuff I thought was cool about like wallets and uh then you like look at videos and you're like okay so when you're hand stitching leather you use what's called a saddle stitch um so you literally i literally just youtube saddle stitch and watch like 10 or 15 videos and you know from that you just figure out how to do it and uh i mean that's it that's what's so amazing about like like the time we live in now is like before leatherworking would have had to be something that was like passed down from generation to generation. Like you weren't going to learn it unless you sat down with someone for hours and they taught you everything they knew. Now you can just kind of have a desire, um, look up a few videos. And as long as you still have that desire when you're actually making the piece, you know, you're going to be able to make something that's pretty sweet. Awesome. So let's just boil down some quick facts to end the episode uh, for people who would like to get started. So this sounds awesome because it sounds like even if you're not doing very well or you're taking your time, uh, time investment to, let's say, have your first product is maybe one week. That that sound fair? Uh, How about money money investment uh, to, let's say it is a wallet. You want to make a wallet. The initial tools that you're going to need, um, the knife, the punch, the other thing that you didn't remember the name of, but that we will, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and figure it out and put it up on the yeah, website. I'll no worries. Yeah. Uh, so everything that you're going to need, uh, that are fixed cost though. So let's talk about the fixed cost things first, not the leather part of it. So just yeah. the tools, how much is, are the tools going to be? So before you hit like leather, yeah, like you said, you know, that's the thing that is really going to fluctuate. I would say maximum $100. Okay. So a hundred bucks, then the leather, you said you can get a scrap bag for about 10 bucks and that would be enough to work with to make a wallet. Exactly. You know, just throw that in your cart while you're buying all your tools. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, I mean, that'll get you, that'll get you, you know, started on just cutting straight lines, cutting square lines. Uh, you know, cutting out your channel for your stitching. I mean, that'll get you started on all the basics. You you know, you can even just take two pieces that don't even fit and just stitch them together, practice your stitching, you know, yeah, exactly. All right, man, I'm ready to get started. So all you need is about a hundred bucks in a week and a week from now you could have your own crummy wallet that you can start showing off to your friends. You can have more than a crummy wallet. (laughs) All right, man. That sounds great. Thank you so much for the uh, tips. We all appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care.